Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the July 4th edition of the PFF forecast. Um, yes, that's right. We're doing this on Independence Day because what I, I don't know about you, Eric, but for me, this is about as fun as anything I do gets. And uh, so we're thinking about like, what are we gonna do on the fourth? We can watch fireworks. Absolutely not. We're going to record the podcast. That's what we're doing right here, right now. We've got a great one lined up for you. We're going to talk about um, Eric's degenerate betting on the 4th of July, and we're going to then degenerate bet on football because we're exactly 10 Sundays away uh, from NFL football happening. We're going to talk about the NIL ruling, what it means for college football, what it means for the NFL this year and in future years, how, how it might impact betting, if at all. Um, we might get to Eric's uh, inflammatory quarterback rankings and weave in a conversation about CPOE because um, some really cool work is being done at PFF on it. And we wanted to talk about it because you see it out in the wild quite a bit. Uh, who knows? It might go off the rails. I, we're recording this before it happens, so I can't really predict anything. We've got recommendations at the end. Let's rock. Not a not a fireworks guy, huh? I've never been a fireworks guy. I actually do like we're gonna rank. I think the the holidays maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think July Fourth is a decent one. Mm-hmm. I've always spent it with my extended family, except for this year, um, just because of you know uh, certain certain things and and everything. I've never like, but like by the time we get to like seven or eight, somebody's like, oh, let's go watch. I'm like, no, this sucks. Like, let me just drink another. We have another beer and hang out a little bit longer with people I don't see very often. I, I fireworks just suck. Like I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I um, I agree. Well, let's save it for the end because I, I, I had a really hard time ranking these, and uh, if we get to it, we're going to rank them. I will say this: I am more confident not in what I think is the first uh, or the best federal slash public holiday but what i think is the worst i think is an easy one and we'll get to that uh, a little later <laughs> let's talk about uh this though you texted me this morning and um i could have probably guessed what it was going to be about if i thought hard enough about it um but i did not i saw no sports on the docket today and somehow you found a way to to bet on on something can you please explain well, the the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut, the uh, what now seven no fourteen time, uh, 
winner of the events. Uh, I had him like, I just bet his overs. That's it. And I, and so like, I've never watched this thing before. So, so I turn it on and I, the whole time I'm just thinking to myself, God, George must hate this. Like <laughs> you would have hated like everything about it. Um, so, so that was kind of my experience. Um, it was, Did you win your bets. Yeah, he went. So I, I had an over 11 first minutes. He had 12 hot dogs in the first minute. Oh my God. I, I think I bet, I can't remember what it like 44. Did you use hot, personal experience to uh, help inform that? Bet? No, I, I, <laughs> I <laughs> um, no, but like, I, it, yeah, it was something else. So, um, and then I got done with that. I think I bet the Reds game and that I think I bet Reds oh minus God. four and a half. They came back and one by one sucks, but yeah, like, uh, today's today was crazy. I like I I uh, some of the people we follow, Andy Molitor, uh, mm-hmm. Ed Fang, those guys were all on Denmark yesterday for the soccer mm-hmm. game, the the Euro mm-hmm. game. I bet that that was actually a lot of fun. I like liked watching that game. It was kind of mm-hmm. exciting. Um, it was the exact opposite today. Um, right now, I'm trying to like grind out this middle in this uh, Las Vegas Aces Atlanta Dream game. Um, but other than that, this has been kind of like a uh, ho hum day for sports in America. Betting on uh, soccer is a lot of fun. I wish there were more ways to bet on it that I like really could get into. Um, but one thing that I thought about during the um, there were a couple games went to penalty kicks. I'm like, man, I would love to bet on penalty kick by penalty kick. It'd probably be hard to do. I mean, there's a decent amount of like lag time in between um, the penalty kicks, so I think you could get it done. Um, that would be one way to make. Penalty kicks more exciting, but um, I, I very much enjoyed betting on the soccer. The hot dog eating, let me say this, okay? Because you said I would probably hate it. It's not the eating of a lot of food that I hate. You know this about me. I eat a lot of food. Yeah. It is the wasting your time for eating a lot of food on eating such an awful food over and over and over again. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, on Thursday evening, both Austin, Gail, and I were in San Diego. We went to dinner at three different restaurants, okay? I ate an exorbitant amount of food, but I didn't eat the same thing like three straight times. Like we went on a taco tour of San Diego and then finished it off with ice cream. And I was Rub the guy that in. got three- Jesus. I, I was the guy that got three massive scoops in a waffle cone. Everyone's looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Yeah, yeah. That's the type of indulgent eating that I support, not just eating like, you know, trash that was then- you know, dyed red and put in a casing. Um, Anyways, let's weave this into, um, let's weave this into some degenerate betting for football. Um, We are 10 weeks away from week one and you can find lines up there. Generally, we talk about not wanting to kind of lock up your money for a long time, but given where some of the lines are now, let's talk about some ones that we like based on kind of where we think the lines will move. Like where is their cleave closing line value to be had here um and i'll let you kick it off what do you think yeah i, I mean i think the answer wow and, th- and this okay so here's one immediately i think of um buffalo is at home week one uh mm-hmm. they're playing uh, our favorite team in the nfl the pittsburgh steelers um they are laying six and a half i believe we had them laying six in our article previously i know i have uh, some buffalo bets at minus six it's six and a half I think as the betting public, and again, these are going to be beat to hell. You don't want to bet these nine weeks from now. You want to bet them now. Um, It's also not quite as bad because you're either going to get your money back or lose your money by like second week in September. So 
Um, but here's the here's I think where the real big arbitrage is. So you look at like for example, go to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Buffalo is laying six and a half. This is let me let me make sure the price. I, I see it at minus one ten mm-hmm. in some places. Um, it's actually minus one hundred four on DraftKings on Pinnacle, which I think is a, a sharper book. So you know I think. Uh, is taking more, you know, taking bigger bets oftentimes. Mm-hmm. It's minus 116. And Pinnacle, they're not dealing 10 cent lines. They're dealing like five cent lines. Uh, to bet Pittsburgh in this spot is plus 105, right? Mm. So just even taking a signal from a sharper book like Pinnacle, looking at some place like DraftKings or, you know, smoothbets.ag or something <laughs> like that. Like lay the six and a half with Buffalo, because by the time it gets to week one, you're going to have to lay the full seven. And that's, you know, you obviously you're going to pick that's 4% or whatever. So um, Buffalo minus six and a half, I think is going to eventually be something that you're going to be very happy you have uh, in your hand. Yeah, I I 100% agree there. And I really like the, um, the way that you looked at that by looking at, you know, a sharper book, that's clearly something that people can take away and actually do. Um, I I also, in our conversation with Nora Princiati from The Ringer and The Ringer NFL podcast, which was our last podcast, if you didn't listen to it, you should absolutely go listen to it. It's a phenomenal pod, great conversation. Um, we talked about Josh Allen's potential to actually improve in some areas. And um, I think this is a place where we see right off the bat, the Buffalo Bills coming back with a vengeance and the Pittsburgh Steelers looking a lot more like the team that is um, lined at a win total that has them going below 500, despite the public thinking that's impossible with, um, with Mike Tomlin at the helm. Um, here, there are a bunch that, that I like here, and I'm curious your thought on, on this because I think this is my favorite one um, at the moment, but it is Green Bay plus two and a half minus 109. I just don't see Aaron Rodgers getting traded right now. Um, there is There was a report that there are no suitors for him right now because the Packers have just shut down all the conversation. Um, I do not – I just – I don't see Aaron Rodgers right now, given the Jeopardy conversation, which is really mellowed down. It doesn't seem like the ratings were good enough for him to get that role. It just, he's not taking a year off right now. I think they get it back together. Um, and the Saints are going to be starting Jameis Winston in, in week one. Like, absolutely not. Um, in a dome. Here's the thing. And and this is a really interesting thought. So there's, there's something that Penn and, uh, the good judgment project puts out, which is like basically like a public prediction thing um, Mm -hmm. where like folks predict on things and whatever. And when, when the, when the question of would Aaron Rodgers sign a contract with another team before September 9th of 2021 came out, the, the overwhelming majority of people bet bet or put, put their answers. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's currently about a quarter of the people are putting yes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's not like that's not necessarily indicative, but I do think everybody rushed to the one side and is now rushing back. Um, Pinnacle does, she doesn't have the Green Bay New Orleans game up. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that game, if you don't have Green Bay plus eight and a half in every goddamn teaser that you have, like that, that's yep. available, you, uh, you, I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't I can't help you. I can't help, can't help you. 
if you're not teasing it with Seattle against Seattle. Indianapolis, if you're not teasing it with Miami. Arizona against Tennessee, if you're not teasing it with my like Niners, Niners down to one and a half against mm-hmm. the Lions, like all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't teasing it down Kansas City, you know, to a pick, all that kind of stuff. Week one. I'm not sure what you're here for. Um, very good one. Here's the last one I like, and this is very uh, correlated with what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The, the Denver Broncos are currently minus one and a half at New York mm-hmm. right now, the Giants week one. There's got to be some anchoring there. It's it's plus one at Pinnacle, plus one and a half uh, at uh, DraftKings, other places. By the time, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up with Denver, this will probably close Giants minus two and a half. And mm-hmm. I know that that's not that many, like those points don't add, but those points add up to an edge. Um, so go ahead and get yourself some giants now, if you believe, and even then, even if Rogers is playing for Denver, like, like Peyton Manning lost his first game with the Broncos. Like the, there's a number of like reasons why just to take this. And then if Rogers ends up going to Denver, you know, it's still yep. not going to be a huge deal. Just go ahead and, and take the giants. We've won at one and a half total on the game, 42 and a half, um, which would seem to signal that they don't believe Rogers is going there. You would think. So, so go ahead and get take Giants before their favorite. All right, I have a um, a little a little total special here, and I, I actually there are actually a fair number of spreads that that I I do like um, right now. Uh, I like Washington football team plus one and a half at home against the Chargers. Um, I like the New York Jets plus four and a half in Carolina. Kind of like the Titans minus two and a half against the Cardinals. Um, I think there's some really bettable numbers out there right now, like the Lions plus seven and a half at home against the Niners. But what I really like are taking advantage of what I think are some really low totals based on teams that stunk last year with a lot of new situations around them. So the first one is Jets Panthers total at 43. The Jets had a disaster of an offense last year. They are getting not just Zach Wilson, but also the 49ers offense. The Panthers have invested a ton on defense. Their defense is still not like something to be wowed at, but they did trade out one of the most conservative quarterbacks for a not very conservative quarterback who also is probably more turnover worthy prone is more turnover worthy prone had like double the turnover worthy play rate of um, Teddy Bridgewater, which is Sam Darnold. 43 is way too low for this game. Um, I think it sails over 43, especially in a game that is line four and a half, probably going to be close. I would take the Jets in that. And then the second one that I like quite a bit, um, also a low total here is Chargers football team, 44 and a half. The big reason here is Ryan Fitzpatrick is a completely different quarterback than what the football team had last year. They invested a ton on offense. Are you Serious? The, the Chargers are an explosive offense. I get that the Washington football team is good defense. I get that the Chargers have a good defense. I am going to fade that these are like these just massively elite defenses and say that 44 and a half is too short for a game that's going to be close with two quarterbacks going to throw the football all over the field. So those are two that I like right now. I'll, I'll say, and just to close this out, for all the Ravens fans who think I hate them and their quarterback, the most money I've bet on a game so far um this cycle is ravens minus four monday night football near that the, is uh, a good one al davis eternal flame well it's four in some places it's four minus and a half in others half, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I, I just literally found a place where, still where it's minus four um and, and uh i the ravens 
have blown out like literally every team on opening mm-hmm. day for like the Harbaugh era for, you, for a while. You cheat. You're cheating here. You purposefully put Lamar at 10 in your rankings to fire him up so that you could bet in week one. I can't believe I'm such an idiot and I didn't see that. And I, you know, I expect the idiots. Well, on no one to be dumb. You are ahead of the game. I, I should have known this. You don't actually hate Lamar Jackson. You don't love Kirk Cousins. You're just experienced. You're goosing them up. You're establishing the run. The Kirk Cousin, like people don't get what the Kirk Cousins thing is, guys. The Kirk Cousins ranking of eighth is a backhanded slap to the Vikings. You signed a quarterback when all of us, you and me, said said that it was a bad move, right? Mm -hmm. You Like the Vikings have made two bad moves, I think, since in the last three years. And the best part about him, the best part about those moves was Kirk Cousins actually became a pretty damn good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the guy that they drafted to replace Stefan Diggs with that pick ended up being amazing. And you were still ass as a team like that. Mm-hmm. That tells you how bad the decision was anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, we, the world gave you what you wanted and it still wasn't good. Like I, that's, that's like the part where I think about like actually being honest and like, we'll talk about CPOE, I think, but like, that's anyway that that that's what the, the point that some of these people aren't getting with that ranking i i don't know can i just say what i found to be most funny about this was that all these outlets picked up your ranking so first off the the pff twitter account tweeted out my ratings first rankings first and i like thought i kind of got shredded a little bit mostly it was people that hate tom brady which by the way blew my mind like people were really mad that brady was over rogers but like, you know, the, the, it wasn't like I got ratio or anything. Like I was like, ah, oh, people are pretty negative. And then yours came out the next day and people just literally lost their fucking minds. And everyone put it up like, this is PFF's official rating, ranking. Mm-hmm. And I was dying laughing. I, I like had them. Um, I was like, hey guys, can you like DM some of these accounts? Just let them know, like, you know, make sure you put Eric's name up there. I want, I want Eric to get all the smoke that he asked for uh, in all of these. But, um, but- I wanted to, I wouldn't want to rid him of that fun. Well, and, and no one understands the new, like the honest to God truth. And I said this on the show, like Mahomes, I have a point better than, so like you go look pff.com backslash betting backslash NFL power <laughs> rankings. And you, the, the, they're right there. They've been there for months. And like Mahomes is a point better than Wilson Rogers and Brady, right? Josh Allen is a, is a half a point worse than them and a point better than Dak. Dak and Matt Ryan are the same. And then Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson are all half a point worse than Matt Ryan. They're all like, I just put them in the ranking together because again, like uh, Kirk Cousins has the, Kirk Cousins has had five offensive coordinators in the last five years. Mm -hmm. He's also been paid that much money, which means to, for whatever he's had to pick up this, no, he has, he's failed at it, but like he's had to pick up the slack of having such a big contract. And Mayfield and Jackson, we have only seen one side. We've only seen the side where the Browns could be extremely spendy mm-hmm. on the O-line. Mm-hmm. They could be, uh, you know, they and they're doing it this year too. With the Ravens have spent 67% of their cap the last two years or 65 mm-hmm. on defense. So Lamar doesn't have to play from behind. And But when he has George, except for the playoff game against Tennessee, and even in the playoff game against Tennessee, how many points did Baltimore have? 20? Right. This is 2020. Like, or 21 now. Like, Again, 
that that's the thing i i said on the show that they're basically equal to me and i just arbitrarily you know mm-hmm. order them around and people pretend these the ordinal rankings imply an equal space between players right, like right, right i don't know well okay, let's let's just do this conversation right now um and and talk about the rankings and then get into cpoe and save the nil conversation for after this um i'm going to push back on that a little bit so i had lamar ahead of cousins i had cousins at 10 and honestly Eric, I could have, I was, that 10 spot for Cousins was one of the harder rankings I had. I thought about putting Stafford in there. I think Cousins has played better than Stafford. I think he's a better quarterback. I know that he might not have as good of a year because, you know, McVay could, you know, is a good offensive schemer in my opinion, and and we'll get more out of Stafford, but I believe he's better. I felt 10 was kind of high for Kirk, but that you're right. That 10 to 12 this, you know, are really eight to 12 is super close. Let me give you my Lamar rationale. Her cousins has had a combination of either Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen or Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. at wide receiver, which is depending on how, you know, healthy they are a top three to five wide receiver duo in the NFL. Very, 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 very good receivers. The other thing that I'll mention is that that Vikings offense, and we talked about this with Lamar, like Lamar gets protected by the running game. Kirk Cousins gets protected a lot. They often live and die with that running game where mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins sometimes starts putting up numbers late in games that they're behind because the running game shat themselves. And like, they didn't even give him a chance to throw earlier in games. So he's protected just as much as I think some of those other quarterbacks are. And I look at Lamar Jackson and I go, who are his receivers? Mark fucking Andrews? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? So that's where I press pause a little bit on. I know that, you know, Kirk Cousins has put up better numbers, but Lamar Jackson to me projecting forward, like I'm going to give him an opportunity to throw the ball to a receiver who can actually be a receiver in the league and start. And with an offensive scheme that maybe gets a chance to settle in a little bit, because I think his running ability is still you know, just that special. So uh, look, I'm not, I'm not nailing you to the cross here <laughs> because of your ranking, like some people, but you know, it's, it's a cool thing to talk about and to dis- disagree yeah. on. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about this. So like, when you look at, like, when you look at Met, like Kirk is one of those guys where a lot of the stuff looks good and then it mm-hmm. doesn't add up to winning. And it's exactly for the reason, like we've talked about, which is, you know, you rob Peter to pay Paul, the Vikings, and the Houston Texans, like, were the only two teams, we talked about this last week, in the mm-hmm. top, like, eight or nine in war per dollar spent at quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, tight end that didn't mm-hmm. make the play. They weren't a good team. And obviously, that's because their defense is crap. But their defense is crap because they've had to allocate, right? Like, the comeback to the Lamar thing is Lamar had Ronnie Stanley. He had Marshall Yonda for a few years. He had Orlando Brown. Um, he, he's had Greg Roman like not necessarily consistently, but at least for a couple, like he's had consecutive contiguous years with the same guy, but you're right. The wide receiver thing is tricky. Kirk has had like not great offensive line play and, but has been protected um, by like a run first offense. And in 2019, where he had probably what I would consider sort of his most impressive year, maybe Mm -hmm. they played, I mean, their, their, their schedule had Matt Moore, David Blau, like all the reasons we bet under on Minnesota last year was because their 2019 season wasn't as good as the 10 and six that it showed up as. And we saw that, but then in some ways 
you look at, and this is what we'll talk about. Everybody has this sort of metric called CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected, which basically takes into consideration anything you can think about on an offensive play. So depth of target, width of targets, um, receiver separation. Now, next gen staff will use the tracking data to do it. We have sort of a, a categorical variable that talks about a step of separation versus a you know guy closing versus wide open, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and Kirk Cousins always shows up amazingly in the statistic. And I think that that, again, is, is one of those where, again, folks, over, folks who get upset at us for saying Kirk might not be good enough to win with, they show this stat. But the stat does show that, like, Kirk is good at throwing the football. Um, and, and when you look at Lamar, Lamar's sort of more like an average guy there. So when you look at, um, you know, what is expected on a throw of a certain depth, Lamar is kind of underneath that, this slightly um, and, and but like, how do you how do you take that versus his running ability, which is clearly, you know, plus EV um, when it comes out to like, who would you rather have as a QB? For me, I think it's more right now. I would certainly rather have Lamar at his price over Kirk at his price. I don't think that's it's close. Mm-hmm. I think if you're paying the same amount of money, would you rather have a guy who's as accurate as Kirk is? at price versus a guy like Lamar when you have to pay him that money and you take away some of the things that make the rushing so advantageous, much like later on in the Vic, you know, the Vic years in Atlanta, right? Like Mm -hmm. at some point that dissipated. And then he went back to Philly and was inexpensive. Right. And he had that great 2010 season. But after that, once, once that money came in for Vic and other parts of the roster started getting chipped away at, it wasn't as effective, right? Like that's, that's really well, the nuance with Kirk versus the nuance with Lamar. Okay. I, I again will push back on that. I wouldn't pay. I don't think either of them are worth that money right now. But I have all this information on Kirk Cousins, I, and, and I hate, I do this probably too often. But like, I'm just going to talk about a player's personality here for a second. I'm never paying a guy with Kirk's personality big money. I'm sorry, I'm not. Culture is too important. And the ability to believe in a guy is too important for me to ever pay Kirk Cousins yeah. that money. That guy is a fish. Yeah, but Lamar that, Jackson but at least is not. And Lamar Jackson, from a football standpoint, there is less that is known about him right now where I believe he could reach that more, yeah. that level of spend. Whereas with Kirk Cousins, I, I just don't think it's there. Like it, he is very clearly, in my opinion, sit, sitting in that eight to 12 range, whether you have him eight or 12, I don't really give a fuck. The point is that he's not above eight, yeah. you it, know? And it's like, if yeah. you think you're winning a Super Bowl with a guy in the eight to 12 range, may I ask you perhaps this year to give up doing drugs? Like, but, that that's, would be but isn't that the point though? And that was like the whole discussion of like the Baker and Lamar thing was mm. right now, like, the question I have about Mayfield and the question I have about, about Jackson that I don't have about Josh Allen is, is the tail behavior there? Can I, can we get into a situation where you're in the AFC championship game and rightly or wrongly, in the case this year was wrongly, there are graphics that say the Bills have the quarterback advantage over Kansas City. Right. Like mm-hmm. in no circumstance is that happening with Cleveland in no right. circumstance is that happening with Baltimore. And until that can happen, like, I, I'm sorry, like, I don't think anybody in the NFL is good enough at building a roster to absorb the quarterback contract that's going to be handed out to that's already been handed out 
to Kirk Cousins that's going to be handed out to Baker and Lamar and beat and beat Kansas City. I, I just whereas I think with Buffalo, I think Josh Allen has Josh Allen has shown the high end play that is worthy of that deal. Now there might be a bunch of seasons where they're ass, and because there has been a bunch of seasons like the Packers had two straight losing seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, New England has had years where Brady wasn't quite as good. Yeah, that's a weird one because they're so good, like structurally. They were so good structurally, mm-hmm. but like. I'm not paying a quarterback $40 million. And this also Dallas too. I'm not paying a quarterback $40 million. If I still need X, Y, Z to go right for us to be a touchdown within Kansas city in a playoff game. Like that, cause that's the bar. Right. I agree with you. I, and in my rankings, I thought a lot about would I pay this guy worthy with like in this tier, like in this spot. And to me, I'm the exact same as you like, the no-brainer is Patrick Mahomes. In I said this last year. I maintain it again this year. The first tier is Patrick Mahomes and no one else. You talked about that in, in points above replacement level. That, to me, is fairly clear. Would I put Deshaun Watson in tier 1B if he weren't a fucking loser? Then, yeah, I, I would. But, like, I'm not going to even let that guy's name exit my mouth again. Um, from a Josh Allen standpoint, he is the guy that I would take a chance on. Dak, I think, is right there, right behind him. That's why I have Dak ahead of a guy like Lamar and like a Baker Mayfield. And with Lamar and Baker Mayfield, man, I am waiting. Like, I am definitely waiting on those guys just because, man, you put yourself in such a tough position if you're locked into those guys and you don't have as much information as possible and they peter out. I'll say this again about CPOE, and I want to talk about this a little bit because Mahomes – you know, in CPOE, in the model that we have, he's really like bottom third of the league. Um, and got, you know, the guys at the top here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins, um, the guy from the Texans who played quarterback last year, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Minshew, Allen, Trubisky is actually up there. There are some things to really consider here. And it's it's honestly Derek similar Carr's to... Derek often been in that position too, by the mm-hmm. way, which mm-hmm. Carr, I think, is also a guy who could be in the top... like. Yes, but there's, here's the key. Yeah. Here's the key, Eric, about this. Kirk Cousins, A, does not throw a ton of passes on first and second down, okay? Where completion over expectation is easier to come by. Um, or, or sorry, uh, expected the completion, expected is, completion higher. is higher. Yes. Right. The expected yep. completion is higher. He throws a lot, a higher percentage of his throws come on third down. The second thing that I want to mention is if you don't throw a pass, you cannot have an expected completion. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins takes a sack on about 7% of his dropbacks. A guy like Patrick Mahomes gets passes off. Like this is something that I've looked at a lot with, and the guys are always up at the top of this list, which is just how often do you throw the fucking ball? (laughs) That matters because if you're good at throwing the football and you get a lot of throws off, that in and of itself is valuable. Peppering areas of the field where you get high expected uh, points uh, is important. And it's not just about being on average. It's about doing it often. And so a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and that's why a completion percentage over expectation, I do not think, even though it's publicly available, is the right way, as, as we just illustrated by looking at that raking, to just rank quarterbacks. Like, it's just not. There are too many other things that are important. When we've looked at this in the past, what we've looked at is expected points added 
um, in different zones of the field and what you actually get from, from attacking those zones of the field by throwing either a catchable, an accurate, or a perfect throw. And that's where Mahomes, I think, really shines. Yeah. The other thing that I'll point out is when you're looking at separation, separation at the catch point does not tell the whole story. And so a guy like Kirk Cousins to me, yes, he can throw the ball accurately downfield, but often that's within structure. And Mahomes gets a lot of passes off outside of structure where separation at the catch point and separation when he throws the pass are often not going to be you know, super yeah. consistent. And so this is an argument really for, look, not all stats tell the whole story. Some of them can really point you in a good direction in terms of what a quarterback does well. And for Patrick Mahomes, he's still in, he's still in a tier of his own, despite the fact that his CPOE isn't uh, yeah. amazing. Well, our, yeah, and this is where like, and I and I, I promised I'd I'd, I'd plug uh, uh, our the intern here, Tej Seth, who who is the one who who is deriving this for us uh, internally um, right now. Intern Seth. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I, you know, just doing that because you like his last name because you're, you know, Seth Rogan's boy. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway, so like the thing was, and, and, and this is really fun because I think the anytime you derive a metric, it's really cool to sort of see when things don't make sense, why. And so, you know, I think to his credit, you know, when we're working through this, it's like, okay, let's look at what is the expected completion percentage and what happens with Mahomes, despite the fact that Mahomes has one of the higher depth of targets. Uh, let me look at where he Mahomes is ah, he's top, top 10 in average depth of target, but his expected completion percentage is also high, meaning that he's throwing balls that the model is like, well, that should be complete fairly often, which means that what he's doing in the pocket is setting up plays where like the sh the shot he's taking is a high percentage shot more often than so he's like optimizing prior to the point of having to be accurate where maybe and and you know the sacks aside but even but like maybe Kirk Cousins is using superb accuracy maybe when he doesn't have to he's the uh I think like he's Derek Jeter going into the hole and and having to jumps jump throw a ball to first base when Elvis Andrews is in front of that ball and making a routine play a, uh, analogy baseball analogy right now and, and um so so again I think what it highlights is Kirk Cousins is extremely has great accuracy traits but maybe but the fact that that offense ne isn't necessarily the most efficient oh it's efficient it's a top half of the league offense for sure but it's not optimized the way that maybe Kansas City is because we're we're sort of measuring certain one part. Now, I will say this: I don't think CPOE is like it's stable year to year. It's certainly mm -hmm. something you have to add to the thing, but you you I think you have to build something additional onto it. Something like that takes into consideration EPA. Like it's something like a slugging percentage for for quarterbacks. Um, it is probably the place to go. And the other thing is just use an ensemble. PFF grade is about just about as stable. Uh, yards, you know, net adjusted yards per attempt is actually not so bad. And things like that, like build an ensemble. Don't base your quarterback opinions on one statistic. No, it's a really good point. And um, here's the other thing. So Patrick Mahomes last year, uh, you mentioned the top 10 average depth of target. Um, his expected completion percentage was top 10 up there with Alex Smith, who didn't throw the ball very far downfield. Cam Newton, who, I mean, didn't have receivers anywhere. 
Jared Goff, who threw the ball extremely short last year. Nick Mullins, again, threw the ball extremely short last year. Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins, all guys with abysmal average depths of target. The only other guy in the top 10 there who had a deep average depth of target was Aaron Rodgers. There is value, and this is a scheme data point and a quarterback data point. Finding high completion percentage throws down the football field is valuable. That is a quarterback trait. And th that is something that, you know, as you look at these, there's all of these that you talked about. What is the expected completion percentage? Are they hitting those areas a lot? And are they down the football field? And you combine all those things together. And what do you get? Expected points, right? Throwing the ball down the field to guys that are open is a valuable throw. And that's where Mahomes really shines. Before we go any further, uh, it's important to let you know what is available because football season is right here and you've got to figure this, your, your, figure your life out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, on pff.com right now, you can get the College Football Preview Magazine for just $7.99 with a PFF College Grades Plus subscription. Go get that. You get a monthly and then you can download the, the preview magazine um, and, and have it for perpetuity. But you also get the preview magazine with any subscription. And the reason I mentioned that, it's important is if you want those 600 pages of analysis, if you want to see strength of schedule and win projections and all those things to help you bet on games, you can also get it with an edge subscription, which gets you all the premium content and fantasy rankings and fantasy prep stuff that you need for your fantasy drafts, which are right here, basically. George, can I tell you, can I interrupt yes. for a sec? Using the, uh, using this, I have put down a decent amount of college football bets and I hope you do too. Just a couple that, that you like taste. give me a little taste just a couple that you like from that i uh took some clemson under 11 and a half wins minus 139 they play georgia week one if they lose that first game there you go um ucla under seven wins um north carolina sam howell season to win the acc seven to one i i think there's a ton of value in the college football board i know we're not a college football podcast but the but pff has you covered we are giving you we're giving you value podcast. The, the, we should the change magazine. We should change the name of the podcast to um like Cleve and just have us at a dinner table just cutting up Cleve and eating it. Just just munching on Cleve. This is this is one of my best ideas. Actually, I had a very productive idea weekend. I'll tell you about more about that later. The other thing that I need to tell you guys about is symbol S I M B U L L dot app slash PFF at the stock market for sports teams. And now college football teams are on there as well. You can buy and sell shares of sports teams. And then when they win games, you get paid a dividend based on those wins. If you deposit 10 bucks with the promo code PFF at symbol.app slash PFF, you will get a free year of a PFF Edge subscription, which includes the aforementioned college football preview magazine, plus all the great stuff that you need for fantasy. It is a win-win situation. Go to Symbol right now, make it happen. And now- Symbol, by the way has college football now i just mentioned that are you listening to the ad read back to the podcast let's uh let's jump into the uh nil conversation let's do like five uh seven minutes on this um you what are you've had a chance to think about it now overall this year do you think it has an impact on football in general and betting in any way shape or form uh betting um i think you're probably going to value 
NCAA teams that have um, – I think more players will stay in, in, in NCAA longer. So you have mm-hmm. to – so there will be more opportunities to bet on NCAA teams that have four- and five-year players. Um, and, and that will give you a, an edge there. I think as far as like, if it's, if you, you, you have to bake that into your models, right. And, and there will be more teams that I think are comprised of players who are, um, you know, there for longer. I think from, and I was thinking about this in other leagues, George, like you're, you know, the NBA far better than me. If you are like, th- this is not going to affect Zion Williamson other than making like his quality of life when he's in college better. Right. Mm-hmm. But, and that, and in the NBA, there's what 60 draft picks, only 30 of them have guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, only the first dozen or so are, are impactful. Are there college basketball markets that would be such that you would choose to stay another year rather than be yeah. the 18th pick in the NBA? Because the, the issue that I have, and this is, I'm trying to circle this back to football, but this is, I'm trying to set this up. The contracts in the NBA for sort of end of the bench players are so massive compared to the NFL. Does it make, the financial incentive to go pro, I think is still there in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. In leagues like the NBA. I So it was interesting that you bring this up because my immediate reaction was, I think it'll have a bigger impact on college basketball than on college football because of exactly what you said, right? There's now a reason for guys who are blue chip prospects who come out, who don't have a great first year to both make money their freshman year and then to continue making money their sophomore and junior year. And college basketball right now is a fucking disaster. Like I would rather watch a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> there are a lot of things. Yeah, there are a lot of things that I would rather watch. You know, I, I'll watch the WNBA what, nine times, ten times out of ten before I watch college basketball. It's, it's just an awful uh, product. Um, in the NFL and the jump to the NFL, there are so many things other than readiness that are important. The number one thing is injury, and that's something that I'm still interested to see how it manifests itself. Because if I am healthy and I have a decent year, even if I'm still getting paid. Mm-hmm. man, it makes sense for me to get, I'm going to take such a beating, the chance of me getting injured, like there's such a priority for you in most positions to be young, that I'm not sure we'll see a ton of players stay longer in college football. Yeah. My thought initially with this, Eric, which is from a betting standpoint, I think we're going to have more players that are well-known become more well-known at schools other than Alabama, Ohio State, Florida. Mm-hmm. And where I think this will give us an opportunity is in college football, people know so little about players that when they know something about one player, I think it might have a chance to move the line more with more people betting, you know, more just novice betters. And there might be a real opportunity to take teams where they don't have a player that's of a high profile, but do have what you're saying, which is maybe more mid-level guys that have been there for a while. That's where I would anticipate it having a little bit of value. Um, I don't know. I'm curious your thoughts here. I don't know if it will increase parity because the initial thought is, yeah, a guy will be willing to, to get money and then go to a place that is a little less known because they'll get more playing time. But by the same token, will advertisers want them to go play at Alabama and go, 
yeah, we'd actually rather you go take a chance playing at Florida or Alabama than going to, you know, Cincinnati, for example. Well, and not that many programs have, not that many programs actually have that much money or or like boosters. It's it's not the programs, it's the sponsors, right? Yeah, but but it's a direct reflection of that, right? Like La Tech, like their, their, their football budget is like correlated with the same people that would, that would pay uh, somebody NIL type, type money. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's more money. My thought is, my thought is, and, and first off, if I were, if I were, who knows, if I were putting together a budget to go after players and sponsor them at the college level, I would look for one thing and one thing, not only, but primarily. I want to know what your Instagram is like. <laughs> because either you're playing on prime time every weekend, which means you play for Alabama or Ohio State, or you're not. And if you're not, how am I getting my brand out there? It's the fact that you're good at football. There will be highlights of you. And then you will sh- you are going to have to be the person that drives it. Because like you said, Alabama, Ohio State are still going to be the teams on prime time. That ain't changing. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, like, which players get sponsored, um, how much money is out there for the guys that are not superstars. And it's going to be fascinating, man. I am really interested to see this year. I think there are a lot of people rushing in and kind of throwing money around. And how that manifests itself this year and years going forward is going to be really interesting um, to monitor. I'll say this, though. I think the difference between playing quarterback effectively at the college level and playing it effectively at the NFL level will make asymmetries matter. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like, and Jalen hurts may well, very, very well be fine, but like Jalen hurts is sort of in a, in a lot of cases, probably the maximum that some quarterbacks could expect. So like, even like think back like Eric air crouch, you know, for Nebraska, Mm -hmm. Tommy Frazier for like, all, there, were, there were quarterbacks that could like had skill sets that were super effective in college. Um, you know, Derek King, for example, like that aren't exactly translatable. And then like changing positions is such a humongous gamble. Jalen hurts last year, signed a four year, $6 million deal. Um, so you're talking about 1.5 million a year. And that's uh, to me, I thought like Jalen hurts might've been drafted earlier than many people expected. Right. So if you're De'Ara King, let's say, and you're thinking, okay, you know, again, this is where I think the difference between the NFL and other sports are. The contracts that draft picks uh, draft picks sign, even the top ones, right, are not that high relative to veteran deals in the NFL. There's 53 players on a roster, like it's spread out that way. Um, that I do think there is an incentive for players who are more of projections. But then the question that I have that sort of like that I, where I doubt this idea is were those players going to be drafted anyway? Like, are they really giving something up to stay in college? That's really the question. Like it, it, like dear King staying for another year, was he giving anything up to begin with? What, if he went in this year, what would have, what would he have gotten? And so like, that's kind of like the, I think the nuance and the, and the difficulty in, in, in this whole discussion is, we don't like the counterfactual is super hard. Yes, I am. Um, no, I think you bring up a really good point there. Um, let's go to let's rank some holidays. You want to do that? Mm-hmm. Let's rank them. Um, 
I didn't know whether to do a top five or top three. Top five felt like kind of rich, to be honest. Um, why don't, uh, because of how valuable it was to have you go first last time and that it produced an incredible ranking, why don't you <laughs> go first again this time? I, I feel like incredible is a, is a okay. Um, all right, so here's my ranking. Thanksgiving's first. I think that the football aspect of Thanksgiving, um, the and the, this is this is my personal like issue too. I have Thanksgiving first because I no longer travel on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I get to spend the evening uh, doing the Sunday night football game with you guys. And last year we didn't get to, but uh, you know you Austin and, and company. Um, I think that the way that the games are set up is awesome. Um, and the best part about Thanksgiving is the next three days are also amazing. Uh, Friday, you get like uh, rivalry week, rivalry games in college football. Saturday, you get more rivalry games in college football. Sunday, you get a, a, like almost a full game of NFL. In fact, a better uh, Sunday of NFL because it's only like 12 games and not the 16 games. So like, I think Thanksgiving is my top holiday. Well, you're just you're just ending there. I want your whole range. Okay, okay. And then second is Christmas. Christmas oh. has become more stressful since we started in football, right? Because of like, you know, some years you travel, some years you don't. Mm -hmm. Everybody's disappointed in you because of various things, right? Because you're either your boss is disappointed in you because you're you're you you know you're not spending enough time at work, or your family's disappointed in you because you're you're only staying for like. 20 27 hours or whatever mm -hmm. um but usually there's either there's bowl games there's uh you know um there's there's football on uh the food's okay i wouldn't say the food's elite um and then after that i truly do like the fourth of july so i'll put the fourth of july third um and then a decent amount of space and then new year's um you had a pretty good ranking there thanksgiving is 100 first all the reasons you, I, you you were so silent that I thought you thought I was nuts. So no. I'm glad Thanksgiving yeah. is first and it really shouldn't be close. The only way you can knock Thanksgiving down is if you're one of those morons that eats turkey on Thanksgiving. If you are a big of enough follower to cook for six hours, something that should belong in a sandwich, may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> if you manage to cook good food on Thanksgiving, which is basically Thanksgiving sides plus a meat that doesn't suck. It's first football. You then, as you mentioned, get the next three days. The weather is also important. Yes. It kind of, it, it's the turning uh, a little bit into winter. You, you still, you get that freshness of like fall is here. Yeah. I'm when getting I into winter. It's football weather. You can still go outside. That's really important. Um, it's probably the first time you're having to see all of your family. So it's funny and it's not Christmas where it's like, fuck, I just saw you a month ago. Um, and it's four days. Okay. So, it's and if you're a student, you only have like two more weeks left of school before Christmas break. Like, honestly, it's like a great holiday. It's a great break. Yes. Um, I put, uh, and this is going to be, this is going to be a little controversial here. I put Labor Day number two. The reason okay. I put Labor Day number two is that it is always right before the NFL season starts mm -hmm. and it's fantasy draft weekend mm -hmm. and it's still warm and you can go somewhere and it is 
the, the fullness of life and the opportunity that surround Labor Day weekend is incredible. There's also, and this is important, and this is how I, this is part of the way I rank my list. There's no, um, uh, what is it called? Doctrine of how to do the holiday. You do whatever the fuck you want. And that is important. You cook whatever yeah. the hell you want. Still warm outside. I, I still, I don't have it on my list because I still have PT. Like the Labor Day, if you were a professor or student or something, True. was like the ultimate Sunday scary holiday. Fair. I'm trying you, to do this for like the common. Yeah, the common man. Uh, July 4th is third because it's summer. You're, it's all about going outside. And I also prioritize, can I wear a swimsuit on that holiday? Both of those, get that done. And you can uh, use the grill, which is really important. Um, number four, and there's, I think, a decent gap here. It's Christmas Day. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. You also give gifts. That's wonderful. Um, you're seeing your family again. That kind of sucks. But there is generally football and there is great basketball. It's an incredible betting day. And that is important. Those are my top four. Last place, all, all the other holidays come after that. And then in last place is New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. It is awful. It's terrible. All of the New Year's Eve parties where you go out are a humongous waste of money. Um, I cannot stand, and this is where people are going to hate on me. I cannot stand New Year's resolutions. Just stop. Just change your life. I thought we did a good job at New Year's last year, though. What do you mean? Well, like we just like hung out and like played cards and like shot baskets at the at the uh, apartment right. pool. Like if right, you don't a, if you don't not, set that, it on the pedestal, that's then the it's problem fine. though. People set it on a pedestal. Um, and uh, New Year's Day, I just don't think the bowl games are ever that good. So, hundred percent, you're hundred percent right there. So, um, also, you've just had Christmas, and so like you just still feel fat, and it's anyways. Um, yeah, you have to deal with everyone talking about their resolutions. I I've gone on and on and on. Those are my rankings. I think they're very good. And um, if you hate them, then reconsider. Just um, like uh, before, we had the same gut person at number one. Exactly. There you same go. Thing at number one. Um, all right, let's wrap up here with some recommendations. I will go first because I've always made you go first. I have a couple of recommendations. My first is I was on a train today traveling from San Diego to Los Angeles and I was getting motion sickness. So I had to throw on a podcast. It was the only thing that I could do. I couldn't look down at my computer and get work done. And I put on the athletic football show with uh, Robert Mays, Nate Tice, and Deontay Lee uh, from PFF. And they were talking about defensive scheme and where it's going and what you know the innovation looks like there. And I legitimately have not enjoyed listening to a podcast uh, in that way in a long time. It, yes, it's um, a little inside football. You'll probably have to pause it and look up some coverage names a few times, uh, but it is amazing. And what it got me thinking about, Eric, was how important all of the questions I had from it were on the offensive side of the ball. And I think there is a lot to be learned in terms of where offense is going by thinking about defense, because really what you're doing is putting the defense in a bind. And I kept thinking about how you know, Shanahan drafting Trey Lance and what that might do to allow his offense to evolve because all defenses are trying to stop his offense. Um, I thought it was just really fascinating. Talked about Brandon Staley a lot. Anyways, that is um, that is my recommendation in terms of a podcast. I'm going over to your side of things. Uh, and then I have one food, uh, I have to, a food recommendation. If you were in San Diego, I have a few for you. Austin Gale took me to a place called City Tacos. Absolutely fantastic. 
and then the other restaurants that I ate at that I really enjoyed were Ironside, great seafood. Make sure you get the pie that is on the dessert list and probably the lobster roll and the chowder fries. You will not disappoint you. Um, and then a place called Kings and Queens. Yeah, these are both popular places, but sometimes it's hard to pick which popular place to go to. Those tacos are also fantastic. Um, and they make some good drinks. Those are my recommendations. Very, very good. I've never recommended a podcast on the show feeling like, you know, I don't want anybody to like lose us as their favorite podcast. <laughs> no, um, it's all about giving people value, man. Giving people. So here's one. This is a new, um, a new movie on Netflix. I've been really busy over Like I haven't been able to read books really over the past like two weeks. So yeah, you've been um, but I, I did catch a, a movie um, and I think it's really good. So it's, it's called good on paper. It's, it's on Netflix. Eliza Schlesinger, who's a stand-up comic herself plays a stand-up comic in the movie. Um, and she dates, uh, this real like chance who, uh, is like, like, is kind of like a deceptive guy. Um, I won't, I won't ruin it. By the, the way, end. you're the only person that uses the word chance. Chance. Yeah, I don't know anyone else that uses that word. Cupcake is cupcake. Cupcake's a synonym of chance. Okay. I use cupcake. Yeah. I use pe peasant is my word. But peasant peasant is so broad. I guess cupcake is like a food too, but um yeah, I, yeah, he's I don't know. Like the what's the phrase the kids say now down bad? This guy's down bad, okay? Huh. Um and uh and it's it's honestly cringe and i i almost like remember dinner for schmucks the movie yeah was so cringe it was hard to watch like this is like a little bit less cringe but still like it's just enough okay for me to watch and i thought it was great i thought eliza Schles yeah, i think she's like terrific so um yeah that that's my recommendation for this week awesome we'll be back on wednesday we appreciate all of you guys hanging out hopefully you had a wonderful and safe don't drop, drink and drive July 4th, um, Wednesday. I think we actually have a really cool podcast lined up. We've got some good guests coming down the pipeline here as we get closer, 10 weeks away. See you guys.